0: Hi, guys, I'm Tasha Bishop, and you're listening to the Body Language Podcast. I was born with a condition called Maya Rokitansky Kusterhauser Syndrome, which basically means I was born without a womb or internal vagina. Oops, two minutes in, and I've already said the V word. It took me a long time to process my diagnosis, and for so many years, I felt like the odd one out. How do I exist as a woman in a world that deems my sexless, infertile body as useless? So, three years ago, I started a non-profit called The Pants Project, a feminist initiative using underwear as a symbol of strength and a catalyst for conversations about bodies. Launching The Pants Project made me realise something pretty revolutionary. We're all odd ones out. None of us fit the mould. So, instead of changing ourselves, we're going to change the conversation. This weekly podcast comes from a personal place, bringing you a filter-free, intimate insight into all kinds of bodies that make up this world the way we talk about them, hide them, and ultimately how we come to value our imperfections in a society set on perfection. Bodies are more than the labels that categorise them. They are vessels for the stories we write on our journey through life. Welcome to Body Language, the podcast. Before I welcome today's Body Language guest, I'd love to start by saying a big thank you to Beach Holiday Specialist on thebeach.co.uk, the sponsors of this podcast. After discovering a pretty worrying stat that a third of women don't go for a dip in the sea or pool on holiday because they're suffering with low body confidence, On The Beach's latest hashtag bikini can campaign celebrates all incredible bodies. So basically, they're saying you do you. Babe, you deserve to enjoy your holiday and sip that pina colada on the beach guilt free. Regardless of your shape, size, gender, ethnicity or colour. Visit onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language to browse thousands of holidays with a deposit from just £30 per person. Thank you guys. This week's guest on the Body Language podcast is a woman whose biography is as weighty as the barbell she lifts in the gym. I'm hugely excited to be introducing Laura Hoggins, a woman who's played footy for Chelsea ladies, netball for her home county and run more than a dozen marathons and half marathons along the way. As a weightlifter, she's been doing CrossFit and strongman training for five years now, and after discovering the joy of physical strength for herself, she's become a personal trainer. Having left her corporate career in sales and marketing for the beauty sector after 10 years, she's on a mission to bring muscles to the
1: people. 100% (laughs) 100% Hello, <laughs> I fully support that <laughs> welcome to the
0: podcast it's so good to have you
1: thanks for having me
0: okay so before we dive into all the curves and crevices of today's podcast body we're gonna start with a little warm-up to get us in the mood for some hardcore self-love so this is a bit like one of those think on your feet kind of games where you basically have to answer as quickly as you can and as naturally as possible so here we go this is the body Posse pop quiz no pressure Finish this sentence. My relationship with my body is...
1: Fucking fantastic.
0: <laughs> that is my favourite answer so <laughs> far. <Everyone laughs> Legit, else...
1: That's all I could think of. Everyone else's
0: answer has been like complicated. Oh and, no. And... Ooh, I, I was... love this one. If you could say one thing to your younger self, what would it be?
1: Um, it's not going to matter in a few years time.
0: What does self-care look like to you?
1: Doing what the hell you want.
0: What is the most ridiculous myth or lie you've heard in relation to women's bodies? that lifting weights makes you bulky oh my god You <laughs> say it again say it again for people at the back when do you feel you're most content when I am in the gym what does the term hashtag body goals look like to you me and you what is your biggest strength
1: my ability to bicep curl who is your body pussy hero and why um I am very much into Jada Caesar because she for me represents femininity power anything that she wants and she doesn't point out flaws she just rocks what she owns right she's just out there you can just say what you want but she is absolutely beautiful and she just owns it mm. her and felicity Haywood. love both of them yeah
0: what story does your body tell
1: My body tells a story of someone who didn't think she was good enough and then years later realised she was absolutely everything she needed all along. She just needed to own it.
0: It's like the best Disney film that's never been made. (laughs) And finally, just because I'm a power pants underwear addict, what does your favourite pair of pants look like?
1: Well, I sort of have gym pants. I guess, you know, (laughs) if I'm out on a weekend, maybe it's, you know, a much nicer pair of pants, maybe (laughs) some sort of, uh, I don't know. My favourite pants are granny pants. All the way. They're the the comfiest. Oh, granny pants. Okay, fine. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm in the gym all the time, I cannot have VPL. Yeah. So it will have to be some kind of thong. Okay. Got it.
0: (laughs) Daily power thongs. (laughs) Okay, I'm actually going to start with a little introduction because I think it's really interesting to talk... About why I found this so difficult in relation to what we're going to talk about in the podcast. Okay, but usually when I'm working on questions for this podcast, I like split it into three kind of main areas of focus. I realize that now sounds like makes you sound like a molecule in a petri dish that I'm like researching, <laughs> but um, I found myself getting like completely lost in like the language of gym and fitness and wellness and everything that means and how specific it is, and I think. I felt really disorientated, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. in terms of the way that the fitness industry uses language. Yeah. So I'm basically just going to throw a load of questions at you. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> and then we'll talk about <laughs> why that's so kind of discombobulating for Great so many word. people. Great word. I'm so glad I managed to get that into a podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I do an event or interview that involves kind of a preamble of my achievements... Or CV I'm always really fascinated by what people choose to mention and what people choose to not mention
1: yeah.
0: and your list of achievements is considerably longer than mine and I actually struggle to decide what to kind of fit into the <laughs> introduction segment and I wonder what is what is your biggest achievement and is it this kind of realization that you've discovered you love strength more than like anything else
1: yeah I I think all the things that I've done and I guess the the achievement list that you you kindly refer to all comes back to one thing Mm -hmm. which is at some point in my life I realized what my purpose was and by finding my purpose I realized that I felt differently about myself so the the journey of me as a as a as a woman started very young as i just love playing sports i played mm. football and i just all my life i've done all the things that girls shouldn't do mm. i'm an only child very fortunate in in my upbringing and education but I just was always doing something that was slightly unstereotypical. I did mm. judo, canoeing, chess club, all the, I was surrounded by guys. Yeah. And as I kind of grew up and I really wanted sport and fitness to be my job, when you get to sort of that, that age of, okay, we well, you know, should I do further education and a degree? Sport and exercise wasn't really an option for me. Yeah. So I decided to take the more corporate route and I did business studies and marketing as a degree and I just I flew far away from my passion mm-hmm. without even realising it. And it took me a while to kind of find it again. And during this time of growing up, I just... I've just had such a fight with myself and my body and my appearance and throughout university I mean everyone kind of says it you kind of go on this everyone puts on university weight and you're drinking a lot I I smoked a lot I was always the last one in the club and I was this sort of party animal I had a lot of potential from an education perspective and, and the work that I went into was great but if i really think about it i never fully respected myself mm. and that came out in many different ways in how i felt about myself and my self esteem and my body confidence and it wasn't until i found strength training that i found a purpose for my body yeah and i know that sounds really bizarre
0: no it makes a lot of sense but to me. there was
1: something about it that I loved and I for the first time I felt physically successful yeah. and every previous time it's like well I, I'm never the thinnest I was never the you know the, the skinniest person and that's all I ever wanted to be Yeah. weighing myself daily three times a day if I if I put on a pound I'd have a bad day mm. it dictated my mood Yeah. and I was I was done with it mm. that's so
0: interesting I when I was diagnosed with MRKH i really hated my body for so long after diagnosis i felt like it lost its purpose all i ever wanted to be and i always i always say like oh i feel like such a bad feminist when i say this but this is what feminism is it's like allowing women to be whatever they want and do whatever they want with their bodies and i all i wanted to be was mum. i just loved kids and i loved like looking after people and nurturing and not being able to do that i hated my body and then found running and I'm not a marathon runner, but going for a run and knowing that I have such power inside of me was so inspiring and made me like fall in love with my body again. So I Really relate to the like finding power,
1: yeah, and making that. But let me just say, into to that body. to that point when you told me something amazing, and you said I'm I've, I'm a runner, and then you and then you instantly said, but I'm not a marathon runner. It's <laughs> almost like as women, we sort of slightly say our achievement, then we go yeah. we caveat it with, oh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm a weightlifter, but I'm not the strongest. Yeah, it's funny as as women how we should just really feel confident in our own ability, yeah. and it's this comparison that really just is is the most challenging thing to mm. get over. Because if you love running for you, it shouldn't matter how fast you go, how far you go, because you're doing it for you. Mm. And that's the difference. It's if you opinion. run, you're a runner. And you should, <laughs> yeah, you should, you should be very proud of getting out and doing it. I'll
0: put that on my CV. 100%. <laughs> I guess kind of in that vein, do you think that, I mean, we're talking about comparison. I think Instagram has been, incredible for inspiring communities of like weightlifting communities and inspiring women to embrace that area of fitness it's also encouraged a lot of dangerous comparison do you think there's some kind of balance that we're eventually going to get to in terms of a healthy usage of social
1: media? I I hope so. I I don't think social media is going anywhere Mm. soon. So I think it's something that we need to find how it can add value to our lives. Mm. And I think it's very empowering to unfollow something that doesn't make you feel good. Mm. I try to curate, uh, you know, a a follower list of people that I would look at and think, wow, that's, that's really cool. It does have its Dangers because if you're in that mood where you're feeling a little bit like, do you know what? It's been a really tough week. I haven't slept that well. Mm. You've woken up. You've looked at your Instagram feed, and ten people have got gotten up and got shit done at the gym, (laughs) and you're in bed thinking, I can't even imagine it. (laughs) It's hard not to have an impact. Oh God, I'm I'm lazy. I'm useless. Mm. So I, I I do think it's something that we need to stop going saying negatively about. I can't believe this person's doing that or that. Just unfollow. Mm. we need to take control of what we see and if we don't Definitely. like it get rid of it yeah <laughs> it's like a social Preach. circle right if yeah we, in in life i mean i'm i'm nearly i'm 34 i've had a, i've got a very small tight group of friends but there's people that have come and go and if they don't serve your purpose anymore and you're not excited by the energy around you that goes mm. for instagram let it go
0: yeah what's well, still like downtime for your body so i mean your your body's become your job in, yeah, a, in absolutely. a way so how how do you give it downtime? Is that still working out?
1: Yeah, I, it, it's, do you know what? I don't think it's something I've completely figured out yet. If I'm really yeah. honest, we talk about it a lot. And as a trainer, the principles of, you know, pro- progressing within strength and conditioning is that your rest time is actually the, probably the most important. Mm. And I see it a lot in myself and in my clients and in sort of the, the, the fitness community that we don't give ourselves enough time off. Now I'm in the position where I'm trying to find that balance. And that for me is, you know, on a Sunday, go for a long walk, mm. you know, watch a film. You know, I, we were just joking actually before that I don't watch loads of TV, but I do watch <laughs> loose women. So for me, that's my time where I, I, I switch my phone off and I watch loose women. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I just love it. Yeah. Um,
0: so you've talked a little bit about about as a child, you were really, really into sports. Yeah. Do you remember what, that felt like being kind of the odd one out in a way because you were the woman or the girl at that stage who wanted to be part of the boys group in a way, inverted yeah. commas, and I, be a, yeah. a sports girl. Do you remember what that was like?
1: Yeah, I, I, from an early age, didn't bother me at all because mm. I just thought we're all just playing football Yeah, here. for sure. And then when you get to the sort of stage maybe it's like 10 11 where you start to sort of be more aware of your gender mm. you know changing rooms you know those kind of things where actually you start to think oh maybe I'm not one of the the lads yeah um and actually no I, I should go and change in you know in that changing room and this is all a bit awkward and I remember at football camp because I used to go to some summer, summer football camps I loved it but I was the only girl mm. when you had to get into partners No one wants to be my partner because, oh, I'm not going with a girl. And that was, you know, potentially upsetting at the time because I never had a partner or someone had to, got forced with me. And then I always used to win the awards for, like, the player of summer camp. And then really thinking about it, it was probably because I was a girl. (laughs) So all the lads were like, oh, God, the girl always gets it. So it's kind of like, you know, I was doing this thing because I loved it. And as I grew older, then I just started to become more aware Mm. that actually... I don't think this is for me. I don't. Mm. I shouldn't be doing this. And then I joined a, a a women's football team. So I was just in the boys' training, and a guy who was a representative for Chelsea under 17s, he yeah. said, "He was Geordie. I won't do the accent because I'm terrible with accents." <laughs> but he said, "Why, I pet? You should come to uh. You should come to our training." And I did, and I, that was the first time where I was presented with 20 other girls just like me yeah and I was like wow that's so cool. these chicks are awesome <laughs> yeah. and you know some of them actually were they, they they're playing for England and, and incredible teams oh, uh, now yeah I, I didn't quite make it I wasn't wasn't quite good enough but yeah it was just the first time where I was presented with wow there are other people that feel this way mm. and I don't I, you know because I look like Sporty Spice yeah Mel, Mel C forever that's okay you know, I, I can embrace my individuality and know that I'm actually not alone. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. So.
0: Did you go through a time kind of in between that before you found those women where you almost rejected your body because it, you didn't feel like it fitted in? Or did you always kind of have a good
1: relationship with like your body physically? I don't think I could ever describe myself as feminine Mm. It's one of these things that like my, my mum will go, Oh, you look so pretty. Or God, you look gorgeous. Or she's like, oh, you look tiny. And that it actually irritates me. Yeah, I know, it's really weird. But if someone says you look pretty, I'm mm. like, Oh, yeah. it, it irritates. I'm like, No, I don't. Mm. So it's just one of those one of those things where I've just, I've always, you know, I've always been in sort of football socks and, and adidas three-stripe tracksuits and perhaps I have been a bit androgynous in Mm. you know bomber jacket and I was never you know the the first one in heels or whatever and I think I've really grown into my femininity let's say as as I grew older and I think the biggest test for me was when I joined L'Oreal yeah I mean the the most feminine glamorous office and i remember at the time thinking i don't I'm not sure if i can do this you know wearing li- full-on lipstick and heels everyone in the office clopping around is there and,
0: a big pressure to oh, be above yeah. part of that yeah but oh my not, God, not, not, in a ba- not in a
1: bad way but you just become they, they called it the metier you know mm. you were the, the job mm. and if you're talking about cosmetics you need to you need to be it mm. it's almost like i it was like a way for me to, I don't want to say transition because that's not really the word, yeah, but I've yeah, always yeah. been so tomboy. Yeah. And this was my one opportunity to go, do you know what? I can wear a red lipstick if I want because yeah. I'm a woman and I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, But I, you're, you're right to, to mention that because I've never felt truly womanly feminine. Mm. I've always been quite tomboy.
0: Just a quick ad break to say that Beach Holiday Specialist On The Beach has revealed three pretty important steps to getting beach body ready. Number one, put on your swimwear. Number two, find a beach. Number three, shine bright and feel fabulous. Who would have thought in this day and age that anyone, no matter what they look like, could go to the beach and have a ball? I love that On The Beach are banishing the myth of having to get beach body ready. Since over here on the Body Language podcast, I really believe that all bodies are beautiful. So dig that bikini out, go to onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language and browse through their thousands of great holiday options suitable for every single body. What I really, really want to talk to you about is there's such a stereotype that... If you lift weights, you'll become bulky. Yeah. Which people will say you will look manly. Yeah. (laughs) You'll probably ask us every day. Oh yeah. Ten times a day. (laughs) Yeah. For the sake of everyone who's listening, I know that it doesn't. But lifting weights doesn't make you look bulky.
1: No, for the record, lifting weights does not make you bulky (laughs) on its own. If you would like to, you can. And lifting Mm -hmm. weights is a part of it, but The thing we have to remember is if you and I trained the same, Mm. ate the same, we would still look completely different Yeah, because we're very unique, you know, we're very unique individuals Mm. and genetically we are very different and we all have Mm. different adaptations to to training, to nutrition. Um, If we talk about basics of energy balance, so by that I mean, let's, I hate using the word calories, but let's talk about it for simplicity. Calories in, calories out. Mm. If you want to maintain your weight, you would... Eat as much energy as you give out in a day. So, if you if your body expends two thousand calories a day, that's the average for for a woman. Mm. For you to maintain your body composition in, let's say, your weight, mm. you would eat two thousand calories. If you ate one and a half thousand calories a day you are likely to lose weight. Now there's mm. there's different, um, obviously there's a lot more uh, principles to that and specific to the individual and yeah. depending on how long you do that for, but the principle of an en- energy balance is simple. If you are eating more or less will mean that you will gain or you will lose. Now mm. weightlifting comes into it and says, do you know what? Actually, if you lift, if you develop your strength, you will gain, depending on your nutritional plan that supports it, lean muscle mass. Mm. So if you're eating well, and you're sort of maintaining, then you will just develop a nice strong body, a strong posture, and you'll probably end up, if you get good sleep and hydration, a nice lean version with good definition. Mm. If you ate more, then you would probably develop some some additional mass. Yeah. And that's as simple as that. Yeah. And and this is the thing, is that it's having an awareness of your nutrition to support your goals. So... Mm. Sometimes people look at me and go, well, you're bulky. And I think, well, that's how I choose to (laughs) have a very good awareness. And sometimes if I'm training or if I'm very active, sometimes I'll need to eat a little bit more to support my active lifestyle. Mm. Whereas if I want to cut, let's say, I know what to do as well. Mm. So it doesn't make you bulky. Weightlifting is very, very important for a a number of things for, for your health. And the majority of women come to me and say, my goals are we just want to tone up and lose a bit of weight. Yeah. Essentially, everyone wants to look good naked, yeah. right? <laughs> toning isn't actually a word. That's something you put in a printer. Mm-hmm. So what they mean by toning is definition. Mm-hmm. And if you want definition, you have to develop some muscle. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? You lift weights. Yeah, yeah, I train for life and just to be strong and, and healthy and, and enjoy myself. So yeah, yeah. How, whatever my body looks like as a result of that, I'm, I'm very cool with. That bodybuilding is very aesthetic.
0: Mm. So we've kind of covered a lot of this already, mm-hmm. but I really want to go into it because you're having a very special day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we're recording this on Monday, the 30th of September. And yeah. did Women's Health come out today? So it's officially out tomorrow. If tomorrow. you are um, a subscriber, you get it today. So okay. I've, I've got it today, yeah. <laughs> so Mel C is on the front of Women's Health. Squeal! Honestly, <laughs> Sporty Spice is, is literally my, my idol. <laughs> the be all and end all. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura is inside the magazine are you
1: so it's it's a a feature right and on the front it says ready steady lift it's right next to mel c's head and inside (laughs) um it's a feature um called best body Mm -hmm. and it's a feature that women's health run um and it's in support of a project that they've launched uh, earlier this year, Project Body Love. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, so I was part of a a panel of amazing women, Um, Claire Sanderson, the editor, she's a a wonderful woman, and she and her colleagues, um, Nikki Osman, they were saying, you know, actually when you look at the statistics of UK women, Hmm. it's actually frightening how we are amongst the least body confident women globally. And Itash and I were just sort of joking before about, you know, think about imagine the Brazilian woman, mm. you know, on the beach in Rio. She has got a wonderful, you know, body, but yeah. she's confident and she's owning it. Yeah. Right. And for me, it's it's about that confidence and, and owning whatever size shape you are, it's about owning it. Mm. And I like to weightlift and it's kind of where I found myself and and my my body confidence. Am I as the shape or the size or even the weight that I once was. No, I'm probably about 30 pounds heavier, Mm. but I'm the happiest I've ever been. So for me, it doesn't even matter what the scales say. It's a feeling and it's about owning what you have. So this feature is about weightlifting. It's about big functional compound movements, squats, deadlifts, uh, modified strongman training moves that we do at my gym, the Foundry in London. And it's just, it is so incredible to see in a magazine that I've read all my life yeah. to finally be in it next to sporty spice Aww. you know That's able, so incredible. able to share my story and, and hopefully a lot of women can relate because yeah. I'm not here today saying I've got all the answers and I'm fine and I'm always body confident I'm not yeah we all get those days and it's it's so hard to remind ourselves you know like you were saying mm. you found it hard to embrace you know who you are and your your body yeah So let's talk about your book. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It came out this summer, didn't it? Yes, it did, yeah. And it's called Lift Yourself. It's called Lift Yourself, yes. It is a strength training guide for life. Mm -hmm. I I never wanted to write a book. Mm. I just thought... Maybe I had a story to tell, but I never saw myself writing a book. And the guys at um, their amazing team at Penguin sort of approached me and said, we think you're a little bit different in this fitness space. Mm. And when I really thought about it and I went to a bookshop and I looked at all the books and it was all people holding a bowl of salad (laughs) or on the phone to a dumbbell. And I thought, actually, I might be able to relate. You know, I might be able to tell a story that people can relate to. It's a little bit different to here's how to get abs in seven days. Yeah, because by the way, you can't get abs in seven days (laughs) and you have abs now. You you know, how do you get up from bed? It's just this whole obsession of the aesthetic and, you know, having abs or visible abs just means a low body fat percentage and that might not be healthy for everyone. So I wanted to change the narrative and I wanted to say, actually, you can do this. And hey, you know, women, you don't have to be afraid of it. It might make you feel amazing. And it's got all these other health benefits to it as well. Instead of me just sort of preaching and saying this is what you should do, I wanted to share my story as well and say, mm. I used to be that girl that was felt overweight and unhappy with her appearance, drinking beer till 3 a.m. and smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. And I, I decided to make a difference and that was, it was just looking after myself a, a bit better. Yeah. And the book kind of tells that story. I was reading an article and a
0: quote from it was, the struggles that you're going through right now will one day be someone's survival guide or something like that. Yes, and I so believe, I believe in that so strongly. I yeah. do, I think it, on the days when it's really difficult and you don't want to share everything about your story or like what you've been through, yeah. those are the days when it really counts because you don't know who it's reaching and yeah. what you're pulling them out of. So yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. And congratulations no. on your thank, work. It's thank incredible. you so much. Thank you. So to finish off, yeah. I kind of want to talk about balance in yeah. in gyms not physical balance yeah. <laughs> my physical balance crap. <laughs> Yeah. so this kind of involves a few statistics so i'm going to ask you a question but i don't want you to answer it till the end
1: okay fine
0: do you think that the gender scales are finally tipping to a more balanced point in the gym that's the question and then these are some statistics i read that completely as I said at the beginning, overwhelmed me in terms of do I think they're tipping or are they not? So a survey found that in 2011, just 0.9% of women use weight training for fitness, but now a record 47% of USA weightlifting members are now women. Having found the statistic, I then read a Glamour article in March by Garnet Henderson, in which she talked about the gender lines that exist in gyms that become a microscope of bodies that exist in society And in the article, she talked about the way that women are treated in unisex gyms especially, as well as women-only gyms. And she started by saying that she joined a women's gym and was disappointed to find that the intake form included questions asking new members to state how much they weigh and how much they wanted to lose and what parts of their bodies they wanted to change. And they didn't have a single weight in there that was heavier than 20 pounds. This was a women's-only gym. Do you think that would... A happen in a unisex gym. <laughs> B is that something we completely need to get rid of, or is it important to the like fitness
1: journey? I don't know. It's so complicated. Are we moving forward or? Um. So to answer your first question, I do think there is a positive evolution in women in gyms. As a percentage, like because I I know because I've been a part of some of the the studies and some of the articles, mm-hmm. the percentage is really cool. Yeah. But actually, when you look at the numbers. The absolute numbers—it's—it's it's still really low. Yeah. And actually, I—you know—within London, especially, I feel like I live in a bit of a, a bubble. Yeah, yeah, Where everyone around me is throwing at the stones around, and all my mates train, and you know, it's brilliant. But yeah, you know, I went to Newcastle um, a couple of weeks ago to run the the Great North Half, and no one does any weight trip. They're like, "Oh, do you? Are you a bodybuilder?" You know, the people just assume you're yeah. a bodybuilder, and they think, "Oh, because you're, you're a bit hench." Outside of this, you know, engaged bubble in London fitness, no, it's still it's still hugely intimidating for women. Mm. What you just shared in, in the article about having to answer a questionnaire about your weight, what body part you want to change, mm. that horrifies me, but it doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. Because this is the
1: old this is old school. Mm. You know, you you think that well gyms think that people just go to lose weight. Yeah. And we're kind of, you know, spearheading a new way of thinking, which is actually movement and strength training is, is not just physical, it's it's for your mental health as well. Yeah. And you don't need to succumb to the pressure to be to look a certain way to be a certain way. Mm. A lot of the things that we've talked about at the moment are, oh, you know, that 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 person's obese. I'm classified as overweight because I've got 30 kilos of muscle on yeah, me. Yeah, so am I. So, right? <laughs> so a doctor would look at me and go, you need to lose weight. And I'm like, I don't actually. I'm, I'm significantly fitter than you. Yeah. And I'm actually in the top 1% in the UK. Yeah. So I think, you know, calm down, mate. I'm, yeah. I'm doing fine as yeah. I am. But this is the old way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, peop- women going to the gym... On the whole, yes, they've probably gone and said, "I want to lose weight because society has made you feel like you need to lose weight." yeah, so it's this it's this weird sick you know cyclical horror. Of women, I, society says I need to look like this. I need to go to the gym, torture myself, lose weight. So yeah, that's probably where it's come from. Yeah, there needs to be more, you know, inclusive ways in which gyms can can attract women. And there is in uh, in London, in the Albright, yeah. in Mayfair, there is a gym for women only. It's called yeah. Stylist Strong, and it's amazing. The programming is uh, by an incredible uh, woman with tons years of experience, Justin Thompson Rule, and it's to empower women to say, hey, you can come and strength train. And there needs to be more of that. Mm. And we do it at the Foundry, our, our member base we have. Here at this gym, we have 65, 70% of our members are women. And they can flip an 180 kilo tire over multiple reps. But so cool. you know, at some point they started and they couldn't do that. And they've come on this journey. And yeah. I truly believe that as soon as you start to fall in love what your body, with what your body can do, mm. and the process of performing better in the gym, mm. You start to forget how much you weigh. Yeah. It just is a number. Doesn't yeah. mean anything.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh, I feel like I've learned so much today. Let's go to the gym. <laughs> Let's go and <to> lift. <laughs> so for the Final part of our podcast. Yes. We always do a thing called Vanity Planet in print Okay. So we do kind of little unsciencey experiments and stuff like that okay. in this segment, and for they're all different for each person that we interview. Okay. And yours is called <laughs> Muscle Woman Myth Busting. Hey. Okay. So. <laughs> I think this one's really interesting because it incorporates a lot of the bizarre products that the kardashians talk about
1: oh, um one of I them being a weight
0: training belt oh <laughs> it's- just squash your organs yeah do it. so the the phrase is excessive sweating during exercise makes you lose weight faster true or false
1: okay so <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say false just because i hate it but let's talk about what it actually really means your body composition is made, you're made up of a lot of water, right? Mm-hmm. Where a high percentage of us is water. And it's important for our daily bodily functions to, to be hydrated. If you, lo- if you sweat profusely and you lose a lot of water, what do we think is going to happen? You will weigh less. Yeah. It be extremely dehydrated moment, <laughs> For that moment, right? As soon as you then have a drink of water, your body will then return back to where it was and you, mm. you will have that. So if you think about um, like athletes, like uh, jockeys or boxers or fighters, they will dehydrate mm. before a fight for the weigh-in. So yes, you can lose weight and then you'll just put it back on again. This is the thing that any weight loss program that promises you results in seven days is, is a lie. Yeah, <laughs> Because it will just be, you probably went to the toilet Mm. something that's high in fiber or something that's going to you know make you make you go or you you lose water and that will be your short-term weight loss mm. if you want anything sustainable that's going to amend your body composition you li- need to lift weights and move more raise your heart rate a bit
0: and right. eat well <laughs> you heard it here first everyone yes <laughs> laura thank you so much for coming oh, on thank the podcast you. it's been so good to have you thank you so much <laughs> bye everyone bye That's it guys, another fierce episode full of bold body language thanks to our partners over at onthebeach.co.uk. I couldn't have done this podcast without them. They share our passion to celebrate stories of self-acceptance and embrace how we can all take ownership of our bodies. For more details and to book your next holiday, check out onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language. Thank you for listening and shout out to On The Beach for being the game-changing holiday retailers this industry needs. And for all you listeners out there, I hope this made you feel like the sparkly starburst of a human that you are. But if it was difficult to listen to, please know that you're not alone. If you need help or advice, you'll find the relevant support links in this week's show notes. Hit the subscribe button. See you next week. And may the power of pants be with you.